So have you ever had that moment in life when you go, whoa, I should have seen that coming? You know, that moment uh, when the consequence of your action or your inaction inevitably rings true, or that moment when the advice that you might have ignored from someone, maybe it's a doctor, maybe it's your friend, uh, maybe it's your parents, well, that results in what they said would happen to you. You know, you get the chronic health condition they predicted, a relationship breaks down uh, as a result of your action or your inaction. A punishment for your behaviour might be carried out. Whatever it is, the prophet Zephaniah is like that person in your life. The prophet lifts our eyes to the horizon, shines a mirror in our faces, prodding us sharply with the realities of judgment and salvation. Now, according to Zephaniah uh, 1 verse 1, the prophet Zephaniah brings the word of the Lord during the reign of Josiah, king of Judah. Now, Josiah reigned, so we have some historical perspective here, from 637 to 608 BC. Um, It was some 20 years before Israel was taken into captivity. Now, Josiah was a good king uh, who found the long-lost book of the law and he tried to reform the people who had drifted so far away from God. Zephaniah was then a part of a movement to call Judah and especially Israel back to God. There's three things uh, that Zephaniah helps us to see and know about judgment. The first thing is that judgment is factual, judgment is fair, and judgment is fearful. And Zephaniah draws us quickly uh, to the reality of God dealing with what is evil and unjust in this world. That should, I think, result in a deep thankfulness for both those who believe and for those who don't believe. Because rationally and philosophically, when it comes down to it, when all is said and done, the fact that God is going to do something and God is doing something about evil and injustice should captivate every single one of us in thankfulness. But this word from God, written down by the prophet, doesn't just leave us there. Zephaniah points us to the love and to the mercy of God. He offers this glance of steadfast hope that we can have. And so today, as we work our way through uh, Zephaniah, we'll see that salvation, the hope that we now have in Jesus, is also factual. It's fair, but rather than fearful, salvation is actually joyful. But the first thing... uh, Zephaniah tells us, we're going to begin with, judgment is factual. Judgment is not fake news. Zephaniah announces the coming judgment upon Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, So let's read our first bit of Zephaniah here. We're going to read Zephaniah 1, uh, verses 2 through to verse 6. It says, I will sweep Away everything from the face of the Lord, of face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away both man and beast. 
I will sweep away the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea and the idols that cause the wicked to stumble. When I destroy all mankind on the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all who live in Jerusalem. I will destroy every remnant of Baal worship in this place. The very names of the idolatrous priests. You see, these people had built altars and high places to uh, this foreign god, even in the temple area. And continuing with five. Those who bow down on the roofs to worship the starry host. That means those who worship the sun, moon, stars. Those who bow down and swear by the Lord and also swear by Moloch. There's people trying to serve both gods here. Those who turn back from, the fo- from following the Lord and neither seek the Lord nor inquire of him. You see, Zephaniah's mission here is quite clear. It's to warn people of Judah, the people of Judah, that God is going to judge evil and injustice in the world. God is not going to tolerate the breaking of his laws, their rebellion and their adultery against him. But the people simply don't believe it. And we're told just a few short verses later, if you scan down the page a bit, we come to verse 12 and find that there are some who think, end of verse 12, the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. But Zephaniah says no. Your wealth is going to be plundered, your houses demolished, you'll build houses but you'll never live in them. You'll plant vineyards but you'll never drink of the wine. Verse 13. And Zephaniah continues uh, declaring what the day of the Lord, uh, what the Lord said, that the great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly, he writes. He says, listen, the cry on the day of the Lord will be bitter. The day of the Lord is described then in terms like it's a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom a day of clouds and blackness as the Lord brings judgment on evil and injustice. As Zephaniah is being that person in your life, the one who warns you of what will happen if you don't change now. We can't just sit back and say, whoa, should have seen that coming. God's putting it out there clearly through the prophecy of Zephaniah, that he will bring judgment and that he will bring it conclusively. But is judgment fair? Zephaniah prophesies calling the nation back to God from the beginning of chapter 2. We'll read that. It says, Gather together, Gather yourselves together, you shameful nation, before the decree takes effect and that day passes like windblown chaff, before the Lord's fierce anger comes upon you, before the the day of the Lord's wrath comes upon you. Zephaniah, if we continue on, calls them to specific action here in verse 3 and he says, 
Oops, throw that on the screen. He says, Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, and, you, and who do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. You see, the Lord through Zephaniah is giving us fair warning. Here, he's calling his people back to himself. But still, is it really fair? We get down to verse 10 of chapter 2 and we find out, yes, it is indeed fair. The Lord is giving those who rebel against him, those who are prideful, those who are insulting and mocking towards him, those who break his law, those who are guilty of such charges, he's giving them what they deserve. Verse 10 says, This is what they will get in return for their pride, for insulting and mocking the people of the Lord Almighty. You know, no one stands before God in judgment without choice. At that point, you should have seen it coming. And at that point, God is simply giving you what you've chosen. It's a hard truth. Judgment is also fearful. This judgment that is factual, this judgment that is fair, is going to come. And as we read uh, in Zephaniah 1, it's going to be fearful when the Lord sweeps away every man, woman, animal of every kind, bird, fish, idols, absolutely everything. He's going to sweep away, destroyed in judgment and there is no escape. You can't even buy your way out of judgment, it says. Verse 18 of chapter 1 says, Neither silver nor gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole world will be consumed, for he will make a sudden end of all who live in the earth. From this fearful day of judgment, there is no escape. Back to chapter 2. If we flee to the west, we find the wrath of God falling on the Philistines. 2, 4 to 7 there, if you're taking notes. If we flee to the east, we find that Moab and Ammon are famished under the wrath of God. Verses 8 to 11. If we flee to the south, the Ethiopians are being slain by the sword. Verse 12. And if we flee to the north, the great Assyria is destroyed and its great city Nineveh is laid waste. In other words, there is no escape on the day of judgment. But as we read at the beginning of chapter 2, there's a glimmer of hope. There is a refuge and, uh, that is secure, a refuge that is secure on the day of judgment. And Zephaniah says to us uh, in 2 verse 3 again, Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, you who do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Perhaps you will be sheltered? What does that mean? 
perhaps? Is there some kind of uncertainty that God might be able to save us or he might not? No, there's no uncertainty. What it highlights is that in order to be sheltered, to be saved, we have to choose to follow God. We have to seek the Lord, as Zephaniah writes. And it's of this that Zephaniah is not certain that everyone will do. Because surely some will say on that last day, whoa, should have seen it coming. When they are confronted with the judgment of God. Zephaniah told us that there is no escaping, that the judgment of God is factual, that it's fair, we get what we deserve, and that it's fearful. But in offering this glimmer of hope, he introduces us to salvation, being saved, being sheltered, being spared from the wrath of God. Jump down to verse 7. It says that land will belong to the remnant of the people of Judah. There they will find pasture. In the evening they will lie down in the houses of Ashkelon. The Lord, their God, will care for them. He will restore their fortunes. Zephaniah encourages us to seek the Lord because there will be a people saved. There will be a faithful remnant God's got this. It is he who will do the saving. If we jump for a second uh, into the book of Ezekiel, um, if that's hard to find, I'll put it on the screen, don't worry. Chapter 36, verse 26. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God's got it because he will put his spirit in us. God requires conversion and can say there will be conversion because he is the one who does it. Salvation is factual because God is the one that does it. We are not left to ourselves to overcome the obstacles to our salvation, but rather we work out our salvation for God himself is at work inside us to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. If God is the one who brings about salvation, then surely we have to ask the question, is salvation fair? Is it fair that some are saved from the day of judgment and others are not saved? Is it fair? Theologian R.C. Sproul has this to say. We ask about being fair... I don't think God owes it to anyone who doesn't want Christ to give them the desire to want what they need. He doesn't owe that to anybody. The problem is that if God does it for some, 
Why doesn't he do it for all? I can only say to you that I have no idea why he doesn't do it for all. But this I do know and ask you to think about carefully. Just because he does it for some, in no way requires that he do it for everybody else. Because grace is never required. God always reserves this prerogative. I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. It's not up to us to direct God's mercy. Of the great mystery of salvation, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 9, uh, verses 14 to 16, What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. The main point of the book of Zephaniah, we saw in chapter 2, verse 3, Seek the Lord all you humble of the land, and do and who, do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Well, since this salvation comes from the Lord, how do we respond? The judgment of God is factual. The judgment of God is fair, the judgment of God is fearful, but we've been given hope because the salvation of God is also factual. The salvation of God is fair. And so, to the salvation of God, we respond with joyfulness, with thankfulness to the Lord for making a way that we can be saved, that we can seek the Lord that we can seek righteousness and humility. If it wasn't already exciting enough, Zephaniah writes in chapter 3, verse 9, Then I will purify the lips of the peoples, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. God's not just saving the remnant from Judah. Not just the people Israel. But he's saving people from every land, tribe, nation and tongue that would call on his name. This is the great news of salvation. That it is God who does it and therefore it is certain. Now, when we reflect on our salvation, we should be captivated and filled with joy that God has chosen to show himself to us, that we might be here today even seeking him, seeking righteousness, seeking humility by obeying him. Zephaniah 3.12 says, But I will leave within you the meek and humble, that is a people humble and lowly, the remnant of Israel, those who obey God, those who will trust in the name of the Lord. And Zephaniah tells us 
the humble will sing. They will be filled with joy for all of eternity because their judgment has been taken away. The deserved punishment for our rebellion and lawlessness against God has been taken away. They are sheltered from the day of judgment. Verses 14 and 15 there says, Sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. You don't have to have that moment of, whoa, didn't see it coming. Zephaniah the prophet warns us clearly and says to us, seek the Lord while you still can. While we still can, because Zephaniah tells us that judgment is final. If we jump back to 2.9, he describes it as a wasteland forever. A wasteland forever. And when we read 3 verse 15, salvation is final. The text says, never again, never again will you fear any harm. But our God is mighty to save. And so Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. It's remarkable to hear those words. Truly remarkable. The Lord of all creation. The one who deals decisively with evil and injustice is the one who saves those who call upon his name. And more than this, he takes, the great, he takes great delight in you. He calls you out of darkness, into his light, welcomes you home when you seek him, when you choose to follow him. And in his great love, he no longer rebukes you, but rejoices over you with seeing. How can he rejoice over me? How can he rejoice over you, over us? How can he do this? Stop thinking that God perhaps admits us into his kingdom begrudgingly. As though Jesus found a loophole in the law, did a plea bargain with the judge. But remember, it was God himself. God himself that put Jesus forward in our place. Taking the punishment that we deserved and so when we are redeemed in jesus god welcomes us in he puts as the parable of the lost son puts a royal ring on our finger a robe on us kills the fattened calf throws a party and leads us in a festival dance forever and ever rejoicing over us with singing so don't be caught out in judgment 
believing that God will do nothing good or bad about evil and injustice. God's judgment is factual. God's judgment is fair. God's judgment is fearful. But it's also final. Don't get to the end of this life and say, whoa, should have seen that coming. When you can have salvation now. Salvation that is real. Salvation that is joy-filled. Salvation that is fair. Salvation that is final. Salvation that shelters us from the day of judgment because you are now inside God's kingdom as a child of the living God, the Most High, who is mighty to save. And in response to God, there are three things I want to point out today. They all begin with the letter G. The first one on the screen already. Respond with gratitude. Surely that's the first step. Respond with thankfulness. Accept the free gift of salvation with thankfulness. The second G I want you to remember today is godliness. Give up our lives to live for God. Submitting every aspect of your life to him, to his good rules, his good law. And third one, gospel. Because we've been given so much in our salvation, because we've been protected from judgment in our salvation, we are compelled, compelled to take the good news of Jesus to our world so that they might hear too.